Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. And today we're going to have a listener show, you might say, because uh, the experiences and comments that have been sent recently are worth enough discussion that I think we'll have a whole episode out of it. And I think we'll start with the comments that are not experiences so that we can end on the experience and then go into discussion from that point. We usually take the opposite approach in in the podcast. I've tried very hard to, you know, in sharing experiences, start with the experience and then go to the commentary uh, for reasons that we'll discuss uh, in a few moments, but uh, we'll just because we're sharing numerous experiences, we'll start with uh, some of the others. First off, we have uh, Kelly who says, "Hey, I love your show, and it's really inspiring. I love what it's that it's daily too. I listen to it every morning and never had a near-death experience, but a lot of people that I know have had near-death experiences, or at least out-of-body experiences, and numerous other anecdotal evidences were." where they were not trying to gain anything or any attention like that. So very cool. And keep up the good work, man. I'm in your Facebook group now. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. I very much appreciate that comment. Very kind of you and very uh, um, interesting what you say about how um, you know many people who have had either near-death experiences or at least you know, out-of-body experiences, other kinds of anecdotal evidences. It's my uh, suspicion that anyone who becomes open to it enough to bring up the subject will find that they know a lot of people who have had these kinds of experiences, be they big or small. I think everybody knows somebody who's had these experiences. It's just that you may not know that the people you know have had these experiences unless you're open to talking about it, as it sounds like Kelly is, which is probably why Kelly is aware of these different experiences. So thank you so much, Kelly. The next is an anonymous comment um, from Podbean, which is a podcast uh, directory sort of... Anyway, this listener comments, Too much commentary. It seems like every podcaster acts like Oprah these days. No offense, but most of us want first-person content with very little commentary opinion. Thank you, listener. Thank you very much for, for saying that. I am interested in the audience's view on how much commentary I give. Now, I should say um, a couple of things about that, in not exactly in defense, because it, it's not a position that needs defense, the the uh, the point of view that's given is very clear and understandable and makes sense. I mean, honestly, one of the difficulties I've had with other um, podcasts on this subject is all the commentary around the uh, experiences without the experiences themselves. And so it's kind of like, well, I got on here to hear a near-death experience, and all I'm here is this guy talking about it, you know. And so I totally understand that point of view. I genuinely do. It's It, it makes sense. And I am interested in other listeners' view views on how much commentary there is. Um, I will say that one of the reasons that I've, I've uh, put 
the near-death experiences first, like I put the experience right at the outset of the program without even much intro stuff besides just the, you know, the intro to the podcast and then we jump right into the experience. I try to do it that way so that those who don't like hearing the commentary, once I say that's the end of the of the account, you can just stop it or delete it or whatever and go on to the next one. That's fine. I That's why I've done it that way, so that those who don't want the commentary don't have to hear it. And admittedly, the uh, particular podcast that is being commented on is the one, the episode, The Near-Death Experiences of Kathy, Caroline, and Patricia. So I'm guessing that between Kathy's experience and Caroline's experience and Patricia's experience, I probably gave all this commentary in between. So it was like, you got to, you know, wade through this commentary in order to get to the next one. Um, You know, so I apologize if that is, um, if that's the problem that you're running into. And I would be happy to read all three experiences in the future and then give the commentary about them afterward if there are many people out there that are, you know, just they get bogged down by the commentary and would rather just go straight to the next experience. So uh, I say that to to let you know, if you are among the people that are not big on the commentary, I try to put the experience at the very beginning so you can just move on or, you know, end, end the episode right after the the uh, experience is shared so that all you're getting really is first-hand accounts. And that said, let me let me give a little bit of a background of why I give the commentary. When I started this program, one of the reasons I started it is because you know, there are a few things in my life that have have absolutely shaped and and just you know, given me a new perspective on life. And those are the things that I I desperately feel the need to put something out there in order to be able to leave a heritage for my children to be able to look back on and see what things really mattered in my life and what things really affected me in such a way that that if you want to understand me, you'll have to understand these things as well. And um, I'll just tell you up front, the first one is my relationship to God and Jesus Christ and my membership in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That has been absolutely um, life, I want to say life-altering, but I grew up with it, but it wasn't until I was fully converted myself as a teenager in deeply investigating this stuff, or the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that it became a real, real influence in my life. One that I, I knew I was going to devote my life to it. I, it. There was just no question about it. You know, the, the conversion that I had was so complete and all-encompassing that I have no reason to doubt that I will not live out my life an active, faithful, um, consistent member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's been one. And so, and, and you know, in doing that particular topic, I've written books and I've, I've kept very avid journals and so forth to record that information so that my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren down on through the generations know that was such a defining part of my life. Another 
which I have not yet done much with yet, is, is the study of, of permaculture. That is a, a little bit of a newer one, and one we're not going to get into great detail here, but it's, it's the idea of permanent agriculture based on, you know, gardening and, and, and designing your, your homestead, your life, in such a way as to be permanent and beneficial to both people, the environment, to the earth, and so forth. That's been a big one as well, and that's uh, that I'm still trying to find a way to pass that on. You know, I may write books, I don't know, but, you know, I, I find different ways of of carrying on this, this information um, in such a way that, that my posterity can know exactly how I felt about those things. And another is the study of near-death experiences. And the podcast became for me a, uh, a way to disseminate what I felt, what I've learned, what I've, uh, my perspectives on it, my, my awe of different things, as well as my confusion about other things, a way to voice. I'm not just saying, you know, study near-death experiences because it changed my life. I don't want to just throw that out there like that because... I want them to see and feel and recognize the journey that I'm going on in my study of these things and my understanding of these things. And and so while I totally understand this view of too much commentary and, and I experience it myself with many other podcasts, I don't apologize for it in the sense that of, of how much or of, of what I'm saying in the commentary. Now, if you would, as a general audience, like me to cut back a bit and maybe have, you know, 20% of the time be uh, commentary and, you know, 80% be the sharing of firsthand person content, um, then I would be happy to cut back. I, I, I'm to the point now where I've disseminated pretty much the major part of what I want to be, you know, forwarded into the next generation. And so, you know, cutting back on how much commentary, I totally could do. But I'm, but I want to hear from the audience first. I want to hear from all you listeners um, to hear how much commentary you like and how much you would like cut back. So let me know if you have some input on that. One more that we have. And this is the one that shares some experiences. So, so we'll. This will be the last of the uh, listener comments that we'll have for this episode because these the, these are just fascinating experiences. And this is a an anonymous listener who contacted me on Facebook. Okay, he says, "I just got addicted to your podcast. I've been interested in near death experiences for some years now, and the podcast is a breath of fresh air." Here are a couple for you that I have heard. My step-grandmother told me of my grandpa's near-death experience. It was their wedding night, his third marriage. He in his 60s and she was 25. He had a heart attack. When he came to in the hospital, she was by his side. He said he saw light and followed it. There was a type of valley or space that he couldn't cross. He could see his family and very much wanted to be with them but couldn't cross the space and asked why he couldn't join them. He heard a voice saying 
that he, his life so far hadn't been acceptable. He stopped drinking after this, tried to repair relationships with his kids. Some rejected him. My dad did not. He had a good relationship with his stepchildren from his third wife and was a good grandpa to me and my siblings and had a good relationship with my dad until he passed away some 20-plus years later. Now, for my maternal side, the day my mom's mother passed away, I was at my grandpa's house with my aunt and my mom. Grandpa laid down on the couch and closed his eyes. We were just out of sight in the hall, All of a sudden, we heard Grandpa talking, and one of us said something, but he didn't hear us, and he kept talking. We looked over, and he was sitting on the edge of the couch with his hand outstretched and was talking to my grandmother and marveling how young and beautiful she looked. We just stood in silence, looking away, giving him his moment with his wife of 63 years. So not quite a near-death experience, but fitting. While listening to your podcast at work, my employee was stocking shelves in our store. She is from India and of the Sheikh faith. I asked her if she knew about near-death experiences, and then she told me about her great-grandmother's experience. She died, and her body was prepared for her funeral And it was late getting started as family from out of town hadn't arrived yet. Her grandmother had been dead a couple of days, and her body was dressed as per traditions of the Sheikh religion. Then moments before her cremations, she gasped for air and gave everyone a shock. She then relayed what had happened. She was in a dark abyss where the ground was jagged and sharp. Demons came and grabbed her by by her hair and dragged her across the spikes, and it was painful, and that, that was all she was, was talking about. That's all she said about it. She ended up living another 20 years. So interesting. So interesting. And uh, he does, uh, I, I contacted him back and, you know, thanked him and asked if it was okay for that. I shared it. And then he responds again. He says, thanks for reading them. I got some clarification on the two I wasn't present for. The one in India, the woman passed away the day before. She was washed and dressed and laid down on her cremation resting place. And then um, he gets a little bit more information uh, from his aunt and who describes... Um, their grandpa seeing the other side and um, says that he was in in the Philippines and suffered a heart attack. And he told his mom what he saw when he woke up from the heart attack. He said that he saw a light in front of him, but there was a fence between him and the light. A person spoke to him and asked him to go back. He was told he was not ready to stay. That's when he woke up. So... Um, that is the end of, of the experience by this listener. So thank you so much, listener. That is so fascinating. And, and you know, this just, again, reiterates that if you just start asking or being open to the possibility of them, or, or like this listener did, just bring up, have you ever heard of near-death experiences? 
boom, you'll start hearing people. Yeah, my grandma had an experience. Yeah, I had an experience with my mom. Or, yeah, I had an experience while I had an operation. Just being open to it makes it possible to start hearing how incredibly common these things are. I suspect that if, if we could take an accurate poll, which is really impossible to do, you know, because of all the, uh, you know, the challenges of getting a truly accurate poll based on, you know, people telling truth versus, you know, lying because they don't want to be thought of as crazy and, and you know, then other people just feeling like, oh, I don't want to share that, you know, or, or whatever. You're a stranger. I'm not telling you this story and so forth. I suspect if we could get a real genuine poll of how many people have either had an experience or know someone that has, I suspect there would be few that haven't either had an experience themselves or known somebody that's had an experience. I think that number given by IONS of about one-tenth of people who nearly die or one-tenth of experiences of nearly dying have near-death experiences. I think that might be about accurate because with um, the, um, the numbers of people that have had these experiences, and, and I suspect even the one-tenth is, is low in terms of how many have had minor experiences, maybe just seeing somebody briefly for a moment who disappears, or, or maybe having a dream where they really, it really felt real, but it was a dream, and, and those kinds of things. If you added up all of that, I think it would be a lot more common than that. And so I love this, and I love that we're hearing these experiences from all around the world. I mean, uh, the lady from India, we had someone recently from Australia. It, you know, it just, just shows this is not some, you know, cultural phenomenon in a limited group. This is, you know, and we had a Native American one that we described uh, recently. I mean, this is all cultures experiencing this. And uh, I find I find this one... Uh, particularly interesting because it sounds like she'd been dead for over a day. I mean, I mean, that's, she, they were ready to bury her, not bury her, but cremate her. Thank heaven she woke up in time. I mean, <laughs> you know, heaven forbid she wakes up while she's being cremated. <laughs> and yet, I don't think that's very common. Just <clears throat> my guess is that if they had cremated her, she would have just been told, sorry, you can't come back, you know. And the fact that she did come back makes me think that probably there were things in her life that she really, maybe she hadn't fulfilled her purpose, or, or there were things in her life um, that were just not where they should have been, and that her hellish experience, because she talks about being dragged by demons, I mean, ah, you know, probably was a message that you need to go back and you need to finish. And some people, it takes a little bit more persuasion than, than just being told, you have to go back, you know, it, which tells me, try, you want to be the kind of person that will go back if you're asked to go back so that you don't have to have an unpleasant experience to be convinced <laughs> to go back. I don't know. I don't know if that's where they come from. It, But perhaps that's sometimes the reason that People are allowed to be influenced by these terrible beings uh, <laughs> that mean harm. Um, because ultimately, you can't destroy a spirit. You can't completely annihilate a, 
somebody's spirit. It just doesn't seem to be possible for that to happen. And so the kinds of experiences, distressing experiences that people have, maybe sometimes they're there in order to convince the person to be willing to go back. Because if they went to the light and had this joyful experience, they'd be like, I don't want to leave this and put up a fight to no end or whatever. I don't know. That's just some thoughts. But anyway, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by either purchasing the book, Life in the Spirit World. And let me just inject here that people, some people have, have said, you know, I purchased your book. I hope it helps in some small way. Let me tell you, it helps in a big way. It helps in a big way. So anyway, you can either do it by purchasing the book or by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. And if you do that, you'll get a uh, uh, an additional episode of the show per week. There are now seven out as of now. You can also contact the podcast either to share a comment, to ask a question, or to share your own near-death experience or the experiences of those that you know by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can do that also by calling 970-NDE-CAST. And that's an easy way to speak it. You know, if you only have 10 minutes to share your experience, um, call and, uh, and you know, leave a message. If the three minutes that it gives you isn't long enough, call back and I'll piece them together, no problem. And once again, thank you all of you so much again for listening.